Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this month's reflection episode. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. My monthly reflection episodes are essentially a deep dive that I do every single month where I dissect all my highs and lows and look at the trends of how life is showing up for me. And I translate all of my experiences into principles and lessons and frameworks that you can use to create more meaning, create more joy, create more fulfillment and connectedness in your life. And February was just such a potent month of profound, like I'm really feeling to, like I think I've, I've done almost, what, four years worth of reflections at this point. And I think I'm getting to a stage where like, like the lessons are repeating, the principles are the same and they're starting to get really refined. And it's almost like I enter into these reflections with one big main principle and all of the experiences in my month that helped shape it. And so that's what you're going to be getting today is a few key concepts and principles that were huge for me in the month. And my hope is that as you listen to this episode, you take what I'm experiencing and make it your own. I think that's what the beautiful, that's, that's why I think reflection is the greatest thing I can teach. It's the thing I love mentoring people on. It's the thing I love sharing because once you learn the skill of awareness and the skill of reflection, you can become your own teacher. You don't really need to look for answers outside of you. Like the answers are clearly in your path, in your awareness, in what's right in front of you. So enjoy the conversation. If you haven't already subscribed to the show on iTunes all that me- and Spotify, or any of the podcast apps, all that means is that every single time we release a new episode, it drops straight into your inbox. Tag me on social media, DM me, let me know how the content's resonating with you. Leave a review for the show if you haven't already. They go such a long way in helping new people and old learn about the show and remember why they fell in love with it in the first place. So all right, that's all I got, guys. Again, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your heart and your presence with me. I get so many messages from you guys about the show and the podcast and just knowing that content is resonating with you in this way just really fills me up. So thank you again for sharing yourself with me. Thank you for giving me the gift of your attention. And I'm just excited to share this month's reflection episode with you. So without further ado, here is my conversation with my dear Georgina. Enjoy. Yo, yo, what's up, everyone? And welcome to this month's reflection episode with my dear friend, Georgina. Hi, Georgina. Hey, Raj. Hi, everyone. Great to be back again. Great to be back again. Another month, another story, another adventure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the only thing that's ever unsurprising when we have these conversations is that there's always so much to talk about in such a short space of time. Well, I think what's fascinating about reflection as an idea, concept of practice is that when you start to pay attention, you realize how much there is to pay attention to, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And when you get good at creating meaning in the things you're paying attention to, you turn into it turns into like the most fun game where you just start finding these threads and these patterns and these awarenesses and you start to celebrate ahas and insights and breakthroughs. And it creates a very stimulating environment of growth. And I actually feel like we're all meant to have that level of, like if you look at life, like I think life is constantly in flux and flowing and in motion. And if you're staying the same or staying stagnant, like you're actually like falling behind because like, 
life is like a river that just wants to flow. And I think this practice of reflection for me has kind of allowed me to make sense of this flow and keep my own internal landscape growing and evolving at the rate that life is growing and evolving. And it's, and I think that's what reflection does for me. It creates a, it's a framework for creating more meaning. And when you create more meaning, you create more joy and you create more connection and you can let go of things that aren't yours. You can, you can actually begin to feel like you're the author in your life. And I think that's the biggest gift we can give ourselves. And it's the biggest gift I gave every month, getting to share my reflections with all of you listening, with you, Georgina, with myself. This journey is, has been the most magic <laughs> and riddled with the most beauty and pain than all of it. I mean, everything is is here to help us access deeper and deeper levels of love. And I'm just excited to dive in this month. I want to ask, as you walk this, your life through this, this lens of reflection, which you're using to find meaning and extract meaning, how do you find that balance between, okay, that's just something that happened. And okay, that's something I need to dive in and reflect. How do you make it not an obsession that everything you've got to pour over everything, but how do you kind of apply that discernment of what bits you're going to dive into deeper, what bits you're just going to let go? How does that whole thing work for you? So every day I have a planner and a journal that I use that tracks those sort of little things that are happening, right? Because if you don't capture the little things that are happening in the moments they're happening, they end up not being consequential. Mm-hmm. But when you track the little things happening every day and you just make a note, like, hey, I felt this way, I did this thing, I had this awareness, if there's an insight or an aha that comes through, write it down. Like, I just put everything down in my journal. And then on a weekly basis, I review all of that and I see sort of the patterns and the trends and the ahas and the insights and like the things that stand out end up being the the little things that happened over and over again, or maybe there was one bigger thing than normal. And that becomes like an awareness. And then when I go on a monthly level, I just look at all four weeks and I look at, okay, like the trends and the patterns. And when you keep going above levels, like you start to actually, this is, you know, strategic thinking in business. This is visionary visioning. Like this is all like, like the higher you go up, the more you can just see, let's say a construction worker, like if a construction worker is working inside of the building, hammering stuff, right? Like he's not going to be able to zoom out and see the master plan of how all of these, it's like playing a game of chess with yourself. I think that's what reflection ends up being. It's like you're, you're actually seeing higher and higher levels. So like at the daily level, there's the micro little things. And then there's at the weekly level, that's like things that are trends. And then at the monthly level, you see how it all fits together. And when you're seeing how everything fits together, that's when you see the story. And then when you see the story and you see the the arc and then you have frameworks that you work with, like for me, like I use a lot of the King Warrior Magician Lover guy, like King Warrior Magician Lover, like that's a masculine archetypal framework that I look at, that I look at for development. I can look mm-hmm. at my life and then I can look at that and I can see where the gaps are. And then that gives me an insight on how I can continue growing and evolving as a man. I can look at, same thing with everything. I, I can look at, all of these other external frameworks and bring them back into my internal framework. But that's how I, I, I see. And then having a really clear vision for your life helps too, I think. If you know where you want to get to and you know what you want to experience, you'll naturally be dealt with challenges that are stopping you from having that. And I think you can only know that those are challenges if you know where you want to go, right? So like, I know where I want to go in partnership. I know where I want to go in business. And so like when I met, get met with challenges, the only reason I know those are challenges is because I know where I want to go. Right? Like otherwise it's just, if you don't know where you want to go and you experience a challenge, it's just a thing. But if you know where you want to go and you experience a challenge, you're like, oh shit, this is actually showing up for me to release so that I can step into greater levels of whatever the heck I'm wanting Mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important is to like have a really clear idea of like what you actually want. And do you think everything has a meaning or are some things just life happening? Ah, that's a great question. I think life is always happening, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. I think our choice to make things mean something is 
more for our own sort of personal relationships. Like it's like, do I want suffering or power? Right. So if you're suffering, there's an opportunity to create meaning out of it so that you cannot suffer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think suffering is a choice. If something happens and you're not suffering, there's no reason to make meaning of it. But if there's suffering present, yes, I do think that it's there for you to shift a lens and create a more empowering story that can be your truth, that becomes a principle that you carry with you into your life that makes your life more free, that makes your life more aligned. I don't believe everything is meant to be made meaning of. I think it's fun to just have fun and not care, right? For sure, (laughs) without a doubt. But I think it, it comes back to like, are you experiencing the life you want? And if not, there's an opportunity. And I think that's the invitation. It's not really a thing you have to do. It's more like just an invitation. I'm curious now over time, as you, because I, I, what I'm feeling from you is you've had this shift over time of having very almost goals that have been almost externally driven goals to more goals that are maybe harder to define, having more of a mission and a vision. How how you determine what those things are in the sense of, using reflection to get clear on, okay, what are you actually moving towards? So if I had to think about like a KPI or a North Star, and for those of you who aren't entrepreneurs listening to this, a KPI is a key performance indicator. So this is like what you would measure inside of a business to make sure that you are moving towards your your goals or your defined end zone of what you want to do. For me, it is like when I think about the end goal, it's like all the things I want in my life. Right. But the tangible things I'm actually tracking are things like faith. Like, am I increasing my level of faith? Am I increasing my level of curiosity? Am I increasing Mm -hmm. my level of courage and willingness to go into the uncomfortable stuff? Has my resilience to the ups and downs of life improved? How calm am I? Do I have more defined coping strategies? Am I, am I clear? and able to access intuitive guidance and wisdom at will. You know, these are all like, I guess, checkpoints that you can ask yourself at any given moment that are all more based in like who you're becoming versus what you have. Mm -hmm. And I think Mm -hmm. those are the things I'm tracking if I had to get really clear. It's like, and the one I'm most interested right now is faith. Because I think faith, faith in, because I, well, I worked on curiosity for the longest time. Curiosity, I think, is the first one. Before you can get to faith, I think you have to be curious. Like if you don't have curiosity and if you don't have an open mind that there's something more on the other side, you can't even begin to play in the faith bucket because Mm -hmm. the faith bucket actually requires you to, it requires a much deeper commitment to the path. And it's all relative. We were talking about this before the episode. I heard this beautiful perspective from a mentor I'm learning from right now. And he talked about how, you know, faith is one of the one few metrics that you can't compare against each other. Like my definition of faith is going to be very different than your definition of faith because it's all based on our perception of life. So mm-hmm. how do you measure your perception of life? I think that's a very difficult thing to to compare. Like what is your perception of life? Like how do I know that this perception of life is actually leading to better outcomes? I don't know. What I do know is that when I talk to people who are successful, that are more happy, that have beautiful relationships, they have a certain relationship to faith and a certain perceptions about life that seem to be leading to more joy, more compassion, more connectedness, more success, whatever metric you want to measure. And so I think right now faith is the value in me that like I'm, I'm most interested in increasing because I think for me, if I can feel and the one principle that I know is true for me at this stage in my life is, you know, you can't miss or the one I want to live into more, because this one's really hard for me. But the one principle is like, you can't miss what's meant for you. Okay, so I've got a question around this then. So how do you kind of navigate it or play it if you're having an idea of what it is you want? And you're doing all the right things, and you're doing the manifestation, etc. And it doesn't happen. Like, at what point do you say, okay, that thing isn't for me, even though you want it? How does that work? Bringing the faith element as well. And this point you just said about you can't miss the things that aren't meant for you. Well, I think it comes back down to that's where like, so if I'm doing a project or if I'm in a relationship or I'm doing something, I'm doing everything I possibly can mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. still isn't happening. That's the mm-hmm. invitation, right? Like, in fact, there is a beautiful meme that I like in my monthly reflect and like, my, I have like a, a notes, like kind of tab in my phone where I like, 
if I find interesting things that are like aligned, like memes or stuff, I'll just put it in there. And then at the end of the month, I'll go back and read my memes. And one of the memes that I caught here was if it's meant, well, it's not a meme. It's like a quote, but if it's meant for you, you won't have to force it. If it's not meant for you, forcing won't work. Mm. And Mm -hmm. so there's that element of like, I think we talked about this on the podcast. Like if you loved yourself, what would you do? Mm -hmm. Right. Sometimes the the thing is try harder mm-hmm. and only you know that that's the answer, mm-hmm. right? There's only, you know, and you have to be very honest with yourself about that. So if you're working on something or there's something that you're so committed to and you're like, I want this so bad, this is it. And you've tried everything in your power to actually make it happen and it still isn't happening. Now, the next part is if I love myself, what do I do? For me, the answer to that is I choose to trust that the universe has something so much better for me in store than I could possibly imagine in this moment. And that's the greatest form of self-love that I can practice. And that to me is the gift that we get to give ourselves in those moments of choice. Like they're always a choice. Like you can continue hustling and grinding and try and make things happen, but that is attaching yourself to an outcome that is not in alignment with the universal flow of life. And if we can learn to discern, this is where I think reflection becomes really beautiful because we can not just use our mental reflective abilities, but also our intuitive sense, our felt sense, our Mm -hmm. emotional bodies, like use all this data to actually help make those decisions around, if I love myself, what would I do in this moment? How would I be communicating in this moment? What would I be choosing in this moment? And I think that comes back to your own North Star, your own internal compass, your own internal vision, because sometimes it is fighting for something until the end of it, because that's how much you love it. Right. But at some point you have to make the decision. And I think for me, that's where I come now to is like, I've had business plans and like paths that I've been wanting to go down investors that I'm like, I I have to have these investors. I really want them dynamics in my relationship with Gina that I'm like holding on to and attached to. But I think the more I come back down to it, like, what if I can't miss what's meant for me? What if there is a a more connected, more free way of existing in the world where everything is harmony. And then the question is like, is there something I have to shift within myself? Or is there a change I have to make in my life? Like, which can be both. Is it end the project or step up, right? Like there's, both can be true. Mm -hmm. Both can be very true. In the words of Panache, right? Like I think the last episode I recorded with Panache blew my head off into a million pieces. (laughs) But he talks about like whether you're consciously making the choice or unconscious of the choice you're making at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because you can't miss what's meant for you. <laughs> and he said mm-hmm. that on that conversation and I didn't get it. I was not, yeah. it wasn't landing for me. And now I'm finally starting to see what he's saying, which is like the paradox of choice. At the end of the day, like you came onto this earth with an original coded blueprint that had a preset plan. You were born to specific parents who gave you specific sets of conditionings, your environment that you were born into matters. And, and I think that to think that we had any say in creating the life that we have now is taking away from a grander idea. Not to say that we didn't work hard and we didn't choose and we didn't make all the things we have in our life, but it's also important to recognize that life is going to be life before we were alive and after we are dead. And we are playing inside of the sandbox of life. Life is not playing inside of our sandbox. And for some reason, we learned that life is playing inside of our sandbox. Like our minds are so silly in creating those beliefs and rule sets. And as societies, we've created these beliefs and rule sets. Coming back to even the last, I think, reflection episode, we talked about nature, right? Like we've created this disconnect from nature, thinking that nature needs us. And that's the biggest fallacy of it all. Like if nature wanted to wipe out a civilization, it would to protect itself. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it coming back to the same thing. Like that's, that's the idea that I keep coming back to right now. And that's what's so present for me in all of it. And, and it's also the principle that helps me to stay connected to magic in every moment instead of my attachments. I think my, Like I'm in a really healthy, beautiful part of my growth right now where I'm really examining my attachments to the way things have to be. And like, why do I need my bank account to look a certain way? 
Why do I need mm. my relationship to look a certain way? Why do I need to, why does my work and the way that I build my work need to look a certain way? Like, where are my attachments actually coming from? And what are they, what purpose are they serving and do they serve? And I'm in a really interesting chrysalis right now of growth where like I'm, I'm really asking those and I'm, and I'm trusting deeper than I ever have. And it's bringing up all my insecurities and my fears. Like who, who am I without my attachments? Who am I like in, in every area of my life? It's just, it's very present. I'll pause there because I feel like I've just been rambling for a while. So. No, you said some great stuff. I, like this is so relevant to where you are, but I want to pull something back into what you mentioned earlier, you're talking about how the question you ask yourself to kind of orientate yourself is what would I do if I love myself? So why that question and not, for example, what's the best thing to do or what would X person do? Why is it that focus that's so powerful? Because we are, the only thing that's real is our perception of the world. Like what's real is what's present in this moment. And the only thing that I think in my life that I've been feeling is true is what I feel in my heart. And so when I make decisions from what I know to be true in my heart, it's like I, I don't feel like I can make a bad decision. But when I make decisions based on an external set of inputs, and don't get me wrong, it's not like, so I want to really caveat this. The mind is a servant to the heart, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying you don't want to use the mind. The mind is an incredible tool that can help you strategize and think the risks and consider other people that are in there. And like, but the heart to me is like the guiding compass. Right, the heart is the compass and the map. The mind is the the tool that helps you actually get where you want. And so, for me, like I'm practicing more and more, like coming back to my heart. And I think that question helps me come back to my own heart. It helps me connect the love within me. It helps me connect to my truth. And to me, truth and love are two frequencies that are very similar. In fact, they're likely the same. Mm -hmm. Right, like there's this underlying energy that I'm just wanting to connect to. And I think that question is always a, has been, I don't like using the word always, never should, but that, that question has been a really powerful guiding light because I, I do inherently believe that, and this is coming back to our beliefs. Like if you believe that you can't miss what's meant for you, which can only happen after you move through different layers of consciousness, right? Like the beginning layer of consciousness is feeling like everything's happening to you, right? Like that's like victim consciousness. Like you have no control. Everything's happening to you. Like I can't make any changes in my life. Even if I change, nothing would change. Like that's that level of consciousness. And if you're there, like you really can't make any meaningful progress in your life and you're always going to feel stuck. Then there's the next layer of consciousness, which is everything's happening for you, which I think is now the entry point into spiritual growth which is where now you're starting to look at all the challenges in your life and you're starting to look for the, like who you are was created as a result of everything you experienced, which I mm -hmm. think is the first layer of self-love. You love yourself so much. You can't love who you are today without also acknowledging the role that everything you experienced in your life played in creating who mm -hmm. you are today. You don't have to love what happened. You don't have to forgive. That's a whole nother conversation. But to not acknowledge that all of the things that happened in your life created this beautiful human being that exists today would be taking away from the beautiful human being that exists today. Mm. And so once you get past that layer, then it's, I just can't miss what's meant for me. And I think that layer is where I'm now feeling it is the greatest act of love to actually surrender at that level. Like the surrender experiment, Michael Singer, you know, he... I think he speaks to the deepest commitment of that. He really does. I mean, at the end of the day, like mm. he was going through a, the worst of lawsuits that he wasn't even wrong for. And, and through all of that, he was like, I can't miss what's meant for me and just stayed open. And I think that I can't miss what's meant for me allows me to keep my heart open in challenge. And I, I'm very sensitive to that right now because I think it's really easy to close ourselves off from feeling the rejection, the pain, the sadness, the, the fear. And so then we numb ourselves and we go to alcohol. We go to, it's like there's, there's a numbing agent that's looking, and I'm not saying alcohol is bad or that drugs are bad. I'm not saying any of this stuff is bad. Not even drugs. Like I'm not, I'm not saying any distraction is bad. In fact, coping is very healthy. 
think what I'm getting at is that I think a big part of, at least for me, the reason my heart closed is because of heartbreak earlier in life, right? And I think it was because I didn't have a foundational grasp that I can't miss what's meant for me. Because if I knew that at a young age, that I can't miss what's meant for me, if that was ingrained in my mind, every heartbreak would be a heart opening. It wouldn't be, I wouldn't close off. I would hurt, I would feel it. That would be in my body, but I'll also trust inside of all that there's there's something so much greater on the other side. And I think that's what I'm now learning to, like I've had to decondition a lot of shit to get to this point where now that is what I'm, I want to step into more of that because I think that is what creates more whole relationships when we don't have our attachments to what we think we want. And it's like, no, like there's something greater and we actually come back from love. And I think it's the hardest game to play, but I also think it's the most magical. Mm. Like I'm experiencing it in, in, I've experienced it the last few years, like, you know, I've gone through a, quite the financial roller coaster of sorts, uh, if you would, but it's interesting because even in that, like, I think I'm losing everything. And then all of a sudden an opportunity would just show up out of nowhere. Like that was, I talked about that in my yearly reflection, actually, like I think end of 2021, where I was having like just crazy challenges and like, that's part of the opening. And then that opened up to me now experiencing Liberate and the project I'm working on and all the partnerships I have. Like, it's like, okay, I see. I cannot miss what's meant for me. This was meant for me the whole time. And all of those breakings and openings and letting go of an ego deaths. Like I had to, like a version of Raj died, a version of Raj that felt like his money is what made him lovable. His success is what made him an inspiration. It was like, all of these attachments to identity that withered away and died in order for something greater to unfold. And so if that's how this story has unfolded thus far, why do I feel like there's anything different on the other side of letting go of my deepest fears and attachments? Like, and that's the question that's present for me right now. And, and navigating that is, is a very interesting journey because it's, it's just challenging. Right. Like it's it, like my attachments in relationship to Gina, like, you know, we've been having that conversation over the last six, eight months about like, what are our biggest fears of breaking up? I don't know. <laughs> it's terrifying of like the idea of me being outside of like knowing myself in that way. Like it's like choosing myself in that way. Like, yeah, just examining fears that we don't want to examine in that way is like, it's, it's just whether you're ready for it or not. It's, I think a path of profound enlightenment. It's a path to profound enlightenment. I think that's the way I look to look at this is like examining our attachments and letting go. Of, what do you mean by your attachments? What, what does that actually mean? So let's just talk relationship, the attachment to us being together forever, the attachment to her being the mother of my children, mm -hmm. the attachment to my business, looking a certain way, making a certain amount of money, being successful the attachments to my identities, the attachment to how people have perceived me for so long. Underneath the attachment is safety. And I think that's what I'm really examining. Like, I think... How does yeah. an attachment say, how does that differ from, say, a goal or an expectation? Like, or maybe the goal is, I want my business to be, say, six figures, and it's pick a figure up the air, or seven figures, whatever. So if you can... It's okay. I have, let's just say Liberate, right? Liberate's a great example. I have an attachment to it being successful and looking a certain way. That's not a goal? No, it's what a goal. It no, it's a goal. It's a goal. It's a goal. Let's just, okay, let's, mm -hmm. let's say it's a goal. I have a goal. But then when things don't go right or when there's mm -hmm. challenges that show up, the reason why I have suffering is because of my attachments to that goal. Because you're making that goal mean something about you, for example. If I or... didn't have attachments to that goal actually coming into fruition, I wouldn't have suffering. This is the thing, like, and this is where I think there's a, there's a dance here, like with, so whether I bring this company to life or not, this vision is real, right? Like the vision that our triggers are attached to childhood patterns, like the vision that like, 
working on your internal landscape makes measurable improvements in your health. Like that idea is not new. It's not Raj's. It's not Raj's idea. It's a bigger vision that already is percolating in the hearts of people. I just happen to be the lucky guy that the universe is like, ping, I'm going to download this thing through you and you're going to be the one stewarding it if you have the courage to do that. So the universe has a plan. Raj has a goal. My attachment to Raj's goal not being met does not take away from the plan actually coming into fruition. And that is what I mean by examining my attachments. It's like, why am I so attached to the way I think it needs to look or be? Because if it doesn't want to be that way, why can't I surrender into the flow? And this is where your question about earlier comes back, yeah, where you said about what would I do if I loved myself? Now, this is one way that you can just be present with the magic and allow the attachments to fall away because you can then feed into the dream. And that's what I'm examining in everything, right? Like in relationship too. It's like I have a goal, I have an idea, I have a vision for how I want it to look. And when we experience dissonance for whatever reason, and I'm realizing it's because I have an attachment to some aspect of our relationship that isn't just rooted in true freedom and interdependence. There's a codependence, like, and that's what an attachment, attachment is a, like I'm attached to this way of being. So as a result, I am dependent on this way of being existing in order for me to have my needs met. That dependency is what I am examining at this stage. And can I expand my awareness, my consciousness to be dependent on on a higher frequency, which is like, can I play with the universal flow of life through relationship, through work, through health and identity versus it being separate? Because the separation is, I think, what creates the most suffering for me. And I'm now at a point in my journey where I don't want to suffer. Like I actually, like that's the initiation that I want to and that's the thing I'm challenging. Like, you know, I hear a lot of people say like, you can't get through life without suffering. And I think that's true until you realize that suffering is a choice. And I think that I'm challenging myself to see like, can I actually access a deeper well of trust that allows not the hurt to go away, not the pain to subside, but, and maybe that's an important point too. Like if things don't go your way or if you get hurt, there's pain. The pain is real. Like, I think the attachment to me is how I, letting go of the attachment is how I move past the pain so that the next time I experience something similar, it doesn't hurt the same way. It's how you keep growing. Otherwise, like, you're going to hit one thing, you're going to feel it, right? And it, but if you didn't actually like get the lesson, you're going to get the next challenge and then you're going to be met with the same challenge and you're going to feel the same feelings and you're going to think you're just feeling the same feelings instead of realizing that you can actually ascend beyond it and find the next layer of growth. And that's what I'm interested in. You know, the game I'm interested in is finding those next layers, like keep expanding and finding those edges. Because the more I find those edges, the more I realize, the more the better my life gets. The quality of my life improves dramatically the more I learn to reflect. And the more honest I get with myself, and the more curious I get. And the more I build up that muscle of faith, I think that's it. Like, it's like that faith. Yeah, it's all connected. It's everything comes back to these grand principles. This is why I love the reflections now. Like, I'm really trying to come back to like principles because I think these principles are pretty universal. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, where you're going, I think there's a reason why ancient texts have been ancient. Like it's, there's nothing new that I'm telling you guys. This is stuff that I'm regurgitating through my own lived experience, right? I'm, it's all been said before by many people before. I'm just learning to apply these concepts in a way into my life that, that I'm seeing tangible benefits from. And what's the point of not suffering? If you really want to ask me that, like, gosh, like if you loved yourself, what would you do? Would you allow the suffering? Or would you allow the hurt and transform the suffering into personal power? And I think that's where I'm at. So I just want to take a moment just to really soak up that whole cycle of how reflection 
ties into to everything, how reflection ties into this ability for you to identify those attachments and then discern when the attachment is requiring self-love to disconnect from it so that you can stay on the path and experience what is meant for you. That feels like a really beautiful philosophy for moving through life in a way that is the most fulfilling. I'm really happy dove into that because <laughs> that was really interesting to pick apart and really explore how it all ties together. I think there's just so much magic when we choose to play in this way. Like I think I've been connecting so much to just this gift of being alive, this gift of, mm-hmm. and there's just like, I think when, when you come back to it, like just the fact that we can breathe air is such a gift. It's free. Like it's free, like we don't have to pay for it. It's our air and being able to meet each moment with that lens of magic and detach myself from the outcome. It's like changed the quality of my conversations. Like I'm even the quality of my investor call, everything I'm doing right now. It's like, if I can not stay attached, I have a goal that I want to raise a certain amount of capital or I want to get a certain amount of sales. But the energetic signature of going into those calls with expectation and attachment versus magic and possibility, like the tangible outcomes are real. Like when I go into a call, a sales call, and I'm in like magic, gratitude, expansive possibility, and then I make the ask, it's generally met with a lot of enthusiasm. Uh And I think that's also a big piece to realize like in relationship like if we can meet with that same level instead of putting expectations and attachments on another like if we can i'm learning to do this i'm not perfect at it but connecting to more like the frequency of that magic and make it an invitation of love and an invitation to grow and an invitation to create i think it changes the quality of our lives like for for the better like i think just connecting to magic without the attachment and remembering that Whatever's flowing through you is a gift, especially if you're a creator, if you're an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. if you're a creator, if you're in the business of producing art or, or creating art in the world, like I think staying connected to magic is like a direct channel to universal insight. You mm-hmm. say tapped into the flow, like you're not disconnected from that well of unconditional love that is the universe. Mm-hmm. And I think creating from that space versus fear I think it's just where I'm at and I'm inviting anybody who's willing to hear me out to come on that train because, man, I created so much stuff from my life from fear and it worked for a while. But what I'm creating from love and and magic and from that frequency is so much more connected and so much more potent and so much more impactful and so much more meaningful and so much more rewarding and so much more fulfilling than anything I have ever done in my life. And it takes a lot of work to move through the fears of even getting to a place where you don't use fear to sell and get what you want. And it takes a greater amount of awareness to recognize when you're actually using fear and attachment and expectation and manipulation to get what you want. And that's part of the game. It's like, so you sometimes don't even realize we're doing it, which is a big part of this work for me is like, gosh, like being kind to myself. I just being very kind to yourself for not having seen something about yourself. I mean, just, I was telling you like last night I had like the biggest aha of my life around like how I've been showing up in relationship and more and like those insights still. And that's what makes this thing so fun because the more you do this, the more you learn about yourself and the more you learn about yourself, the more you get to love yourself you get to appreciate your, who you really are. And you can't appreciate somebody you don't know. You can't trust somebody you don't know. You can't trust somebody you don't love. Let's just start there. And you can't love someone you don't trust. Like at least not in a way that's 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 actually love. Like you can, mm. you can have what you might label as love, but I think true true love comes with trust. Trust and love are both I think synonymous in a lot of ways. I think it's also interesting as well that often our attachments can be linked with expectations that are actually like cultural, social expectations as opposed to what we So if the business isn't going the way you want or the relationship isn't like following those conventional timelines and like stages, you're like, oh, what's why isn't this working? What's wrong with this? And sometimes there isn't anything wrong with it. It's just, it doesn't tick the boxes that society says we need to tick in order to look a particular way. 
So I think what's also interesting is just hearing how this process enables you to get clear on, okay, what is it that you actually want as opposed to what is society telling you that you should have and seeing where there's a, a discrepancy between those two and then having the courage to follow your heart, even if that means doing things differently, like breaking the mold, breaking out the status quo, which is always a good thing, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, and it's tough because when you're, you know, I was with my family for 10 days this month, which is always a beautiful opportunity to see how far I've come. And um, this last trip, I could feel, again, cultural expectations around kids, around marriage, around making decisions with my life. Like, and, and I can feel the expectation. I can feel the attachment. I can feel the, I can, I can feel it all. And it's also really beautiful to recognize them for what they are. Like they're protective mechanisms that were created by the mind, right? Like I, I do feel like most people want to become parents, not because they actually want to become parents. I think it's because either they fear that it's like a way for them to create meaning in their lives, which is beautiful, right? It's also a way to make their families happy and to, you know, do that. There's a fear of getting too old and not being able to have kids, right? There's all these (laughs) fears, but like, but like, I mean, I've even been looking at, I've even been looking at that one. In fact, I've been looking at that one. There's so much bullshit from like the fertility industry around the fear that doctors create in people. Like I come back and look at like, okay, like if the body doesn't want to create life, like what is the underlying root cause? Is it that the body's decaying or is it that there's a blockage that's stopping the body from being fully healthy and fully vibrant and fully vital and fully alive? And those to me are like the questions that I think now I'm starting to, like when you remove yourself from the matrix and you stop just looking at everything as like the conditions, like I start seeing now everything as conditions. Like I can see every industry we've developed and built for commercial purpose being built on a foundation of conditioning and fear. It's all, and that's why every single industry in my eyes is you have an ability to disrupt it if you actually access love. If you actually access love and you can look at all these industries through that lens, my gosh, you have such a a competitive advantage. Come back to why I think doing the work and doing the inner work to actually access those loves within yourself is the most innovative thing you can do for your companies, for your organizations, because it allows you to access an infinite way of being and an infinite way of looking at the problem that is so societally just constricted. Like there's so much contraction in society, so much fear, so much. And what would it look like to liberate possibility? What would it look like to liberate ourselves from this construct of the mind? What would it look like as a society to actually create from a foundation of love? And it starts with ourselves. It's then it starts with our families. It starts with our intimate partners. It starts with our communities. And then the trickle down impact ends up in the world, but it all starts with us. And I think that's the piece that I keep coming back to is like, I cannot change the world if I don't fully know myself. Fully knowing myself is the, is the path of the soul. The soul wants to fully realize its potential and it uses this human body to do that. And I believe that that's, that's my spiritual faith is believing that the soul, it's evolving upwards and the frequency it's evolving towards is love. And anything that's in the way of that is an attachment, is a fear, is an expectation, is a belief that was not created by you, but it was created by somebody who had fear, expectations and attachments. And they put that into some type of a religion or some type of a cultural doctrine, or they built a hospital around it and they created degrees and schooling curriculums. And they basically created this structure that is living and breeding people to be more fearful. It's not new. I mean, if you're seeing this now, great. Like, But this is what's happened. This is what's happening. And the only way to, to shift it is to come back to you and shift the way that you see the world. And then you be the ripple that everyone else Everyone else gets to experience and feel, and that to me is the greatest impact we can leave behind on this planet, is being the ripple that our souls are here to be, because our souls are not here to be quiet. We suppress the soul. Our souls are here to be loud, 
Our souls are here to make a difference. Our souls are here to love deeply and feel fully. We are not here to play small. No single human being is here to play small. We're not here to forget who we are. We're not here to be anything other than what we came into this world with the intention of being. And that to me is where we can all be the light. If you're listening to this podcast, you get to be the light for the people in your life. You don't have to tell them to change, but you being the light shines a light on their shadow. They cannot ignore it once you change and they will fight back. <laughs> I, I can't tell you how much like my parents are just like, they don't know who I'm becoming. They don't know who I'm growing into and they love me and they support me, but they're, they're, they're afraid. They're confused. They worry. And that's a part of their trigger. That's a part of their work. And it's not my role to save them from that. It's my role to be myself fully and authentically and be kind and loving as others learn to be themselves. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> that was good stuff. I, I was so good. I've even written some notes. I'm like, oh my God, that's such a good idea. <laughs> I just have to reflect this piece because this is like, boy, this is so powerful and so exciting, so interesting. This notion of how ideologies and and frequent energies and values get almost turned into concrete in the physical things we're creating in the world through business relationships etc and what you're saying is if we change the energy in which these things are built with it changes everything the language we use i talked about this last month i think like our words matter our words carry energy they're good spells the way you ask something can either be asked from love or fear. You can ask the same exact question. And that's the point. It's like, that's what I'm coming back to. It's like, so if you institutionalize something, a set of words that were created from a dogma of fear, like I'm looking at right now, like, you know, we're developing a lot of frameworks for doing the work and applying that to different communities. And, and you know, we're working with cancer. Cancer is a really big community that we support and we're going to be supporting deeply. And one of the things that I'm noticing is I'm looking at all of the existing sort of surveys that were designed for tracking the improvements in mental health for cancer patients. And when I look at the questions that are being asked, I'm like, these are the questions you're asking to ask if somebody is free in the way that the question's being asked. It's like there's an implied like you are broken mindset. Like the entire medical system is built around this idea that people are broken, that they need to be fixed, that they need to be healed. That's not love. If there was another side that was like, hey, you're not broken, you're just out of alignment. That to me feels like a much different conversation and a very different energetic to be creating resources from, to be giving advice from, to be caring for others through. Like that to me is, it's like a different, it's a different perspective, right? And that to me is like, it's one example of how tangibly this frequency comes in between. Like it's, it's, this is present in my awareness right now. It's like, it's everything. Like, it's like the way I look at work, the way I look at relationship, the way I look at myself, like it's all just coming back to the same lens. Like these lenses are love or fear at the end of the day, love or fear. So if you, if you had to find a theme or like weave a thread through this month, the month of February, what would that theme be? And just trust and surrender. I mean, the principle for me was, you know, you cannot miss what's meant for you. And staying connected to magic and just stay connected to magic. And I think both of those go hand in hand with just trust and faith. And and I think just remembering that, like, I'm going to be okay. No matter what. No matter what happens in my life, no matter where I end up in 5, 10, 15, 20 years, like, going to be okay. I think that is a, it's a hard thing to connect to when you don't actually believe that you can't miss what's meant for you. And what's meant for you is actually the thing that your heart desires the most. So there's two layers, right? Like you can't miss what's meant for you, but you can only, it's only useful to believe that if you actually believe that what's meant for you is what your heart is actually craving. And what's meant for you may not look like what you have in your mind. So surrendering the fear and just allowing yourself to create meaning. And I'm sure somebody can poke holes in that logic too. There's millions of ways to look at that. Like I'm saying, like this game of spirituality and growth, like 
I think this is why there's so many religions. I think there's why there's so many different ways of looking at this because it really is like you take these concepts and you apply it to your life and you create frameworks that work for you. So I, I hope everyone listening, like as I share my principles and share the things that work for me, like you're not just taking it point blank. You're actually taking this material and using it as fodder for insight for you to actually get clear on your own operating guidelines and principles and religion, right? Like create your own internal religion that is yours. And that's all that really matters. Like even the way you apply these existing religions, like make it yours. Last question. How do you stay grounded in February? I didn't have my ocean the second half of the month. Well, no, I did actually. I did. I was in Florida. I got to jump in the ocean a lot. Oh my gosh. It was like so grounding. That was amazing. Joe Dispenza meditations. When I'm back in the States, I just feel like that's my tool. If I don't have the ocean, like dispensa meditations just creates such a deep level of like, oh, he is such a badass. I just love him. And uh, I think just connection to myself, like connection, but in, in the way of connection to these ideas and these concepts, like really coming back to like just trusting and looking for magic. It's like, it's one thing to trust, but then like, this is why gratitude goes hand in hand of trust. Like when you trust that everything you're experiencing right now is meant to be experienced and you become grateful for the experience, then all of a sudden when something unexpected shows up, it's like a surprise and it's magic. And it creates the environment of like delight and like, oh my God, thank you so much universe for looking out for me. Like you have to create that environment in order for that philosophy to actually exist. So I think I did a lot of that this month. Yeah, a lot of that this month and just a lot of grace, a lot of grace for myself and grace for others, just doing their best. Beautiful. Thank you, February. Thank you, February. Bring it on, March. No, don't bring it on. Just be as beautiful and loving, as graceful as you can be. I, it's, it's fine. All right, but everybody, thank you again, Georgina, for just being such a bright, beautiful light in my life and for just, again, holding such loving space and reflecting and I just adore you so thank you for being always a pleasure thank you and everybody that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Grounded I'm your host Raj this is your old friend Georgina and from us Stay Grounded we'll chat soon thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life for more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.